Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Hello again, fellow Kitchen Table Theologians, and welcome to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, who, along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, are systematically discovering what the Scripture teaches regarding what too many of us believe are hard-to-understand, out-of-reach theological topics. And we're always attempting to do this in a way that's applicable to the lives we live. Because as Charles Spurgeon said, if your theology doesn't change your behavior, it will never change your destiny. Today, we're continuing our study of understanding who we are in Christ. In previous podcasts, we've talked about the believer's position in Christ and the doctrine of justification. Today, in an upcoming podcast, we'll dive into sanctification, glorification, regeneration, and adoption, with a lot of identity in Christ undertones throughout. Today is sanctification. It is, and hello again, Kitchen Table Theology family. And Jen, what a lineup of words you just listed off there. Sanctification, glorification, regeneration, adoption, what riches there. So I suppose as we begin, we should start off as we often do by defining exactly what it is that we're talking about, because sometimes it takes us a while to understand what we're talking about. (laughs) So according to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which I'm sure some of our listeners grew up uh, learning and, and had to be able to recite, according to that, Sanctification is a continuing change worked by God in us, freeing us from sinful habits, and forming in us Christ-like affections, dispositions, and virtues. Affections, dispositions, and virtues. That is a mouthful, so let me share that again. Sanctification is the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God, and we are enabled more and more to die unto sin and to live into righteousness. So there's two definitions, and they're both kind of saying the same thing, but let's let's keep going because we got to break this down because this topic is really phenomenal. It is. It is. And what I'm hearing here is that sanctification is something God works out progressively or in process, and that he makes Christians more and more free from sin and more and more Christ-like in their lives. Yeah, you stated that really well. And Jen and I are recording this, and it feels early. It is early. It's earlier than usual. We're usually so, after time, afternoon recorders. We do. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm even more impressed that you did that because we're still... We're, we're, we're still pouring coffee we are. into our... I may get another cup here in a second. <laughs> but I've got my Southern Pecan in my Kitchen Table Theology coffee mug, there you go. and you're probably just drinking Maxwell House. Madagascar honey and vanilla. Mm. You know... Swanky. You, <laughs> you, do people just ruin coffee? What, what's wrong with you? Well, really, you stated that really well. It is, it is a process, and it does happen progressively in one sense, and that, that you've really given us a good jumping off point. So let's dive in. So I'd like to challenge us all throughout the podcast that we do not consider sanctification as a doctrine just for us to talk about, just for you to consider, just for you to have a working knowledge of, but view sanctification as an experience for every believer that comes through the Lord Jesus. Sanctification is not about trying harder to live a godly life. It's not about, let's say, struggling more 
to be a better Christian, and I think a lot of people do that. Sanctification is a supernatural power released in us by Christ to enable us to live a holy life. And this is always great news to every struggling, discouraged, floundering Christian. And I think at some point we could all be defined uh, by that. I know there have been many times I've struggled and been discouraged and, and have been floundering. It is possible, however, for the sake of the podcast today, to define sanctification by looking at three aspects of it. And so I think that's the way we'll go. We'll talk about its essence, we'll talk about its inception, and we'll talk about its continuation. In other words, what it is, when it began, and how it continues. <laughs> uh, or I could have said <laughs> to it translate. a whole lot simpler, yeah. Say that again? <laughs> what it is, where it begins, and how it continues. Yeah, that would work a whole lot better. But you use the word essence, or what it is. So let's start there. What do you mean by that? Okay, well, in its essence... Uh, in other words, in its most basic form, sanctification simply means to make holy. And it carries with it the idea of separation unto holiness, which is a very Old Testament concept. Separation from the world uh, is dominant in the Old Testament. You know, the people of God, the Israelites, they were they were to be separate from the other cultures, separate from the other countries. So that's very much an Old Testament concept, separateness. And it's a holy separation. And the opposite of holy is what is profane. And in the Old Testament, the place of worship, the furnishings of worship, the rituals, the priesthood, the feast days, the Sabbaths, all that. And the people themselves actually were all sanctified, meaning they were set apart from profane use for holy use. So the emphasis is upon the holiness of the believer as a part of the sanctification of the whole body of Christ. That's the church. So sanctification implies association with the Holy Spirit, and that means our entire being is to come under His sanctifying influence. Our spirits, our souls, our bodies, all is to be under the influence, the sanctifying influence of the Spirit. So the deepest recesses of our own spirits, we've got to know the Holy Spirit's cleansing, sanctifying influence. And when our spirits are purified, our lives can be holy, our faith can be growing. Our joy can start to overflow. We start to abound in love. Our whole being in the process of sanctification is being released to know God at a deeper level. And I think that's a desire for many of us. You know, when, when we start out, when we accept Christ, when we start our Christian life, we're determined that we don't go there, you know, to allow that mm-hmm. immorality, the ungodliness, the, the world to invade our lives and we certainly expect it of our spiritual leaders, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yet time after time, we see various events surrounding very well-known Christian leaders who indicate that that moral depravity, you know, that's such a, a big, heavy word, mm-hmm. that moral depravity can invade anyone's life. And we've all known people of great ability who've led to very tragic ends because, could we say, that lack of, you know, that absence of sanctification in their lives. Yeah, certainly I think we can say that, and it's so difficult to see and experience. And, you know, whether they're well-known Christian leaders or just normal, regular people who are in the faith, quite often, all of us, we allow the demands of our lives and our time to get in the way of the time that we can spend with Jesus. You know, you wake up in the morning, you've maybe overslept, you rush out the door, you don't spend any time with the Lord, and that becomes a habit, that becomes a pattern. And 
we're missing out on so much when we do that of our relationships. So time with Christ is the only way in which our minds and our abilities, our uh, our thoughts, our actions can be continually sanctified. We've got to spend time with Him. And surely, I'm assuming that sanctification doesn't just apply to our minds through life abilities. I'm thinking there's probably a large part that has to apply to our bodies and how we use them, right? Yeah. Uh, Scripture is very clear that our bodies must be sanctified. 1 Corinthians 6 clearly tells us our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and as such, we have to keep them clean and separate from any and all things which might defile us. And that that really begins by our willingness to yield to Christ and the Holy Spirit, and they both help us separate our thoughts and actions from the profane to the holy. They, Jesus and the Holy Spirit help move us from ungodly to godly actions, words, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and as we move through the series, you know, as a reminder, we've already looked at the doctrine of justification, and our next podcast we'll look at glorification and later on regeneration and adoption. How does sanctification fit into kind of the, the whole shebang, the whole series? Maybe you can give us a, a brief overview of how these doctrines all fit together and how sanctification relates to the other doctrines. Yeah, glad to. Regeneration is our new birth in Jesus Christ, and that affects a change in our nature. Uh, there's a the- there was a theologian named George Partington, and he said this, in regeneration, we pass out of death into life, but in sanctification, we pass out of the self-life into the Christ life. Justification determines our standing with God. That's, you know, that's a declaration by God. We, you've been justified with Christ. So justification determines our standing with God. Regeneration is our new birth in Jesus. Adoption changes our position toward God. So now, sanctification transforms our character and conduct. In justification, we're declared righteous, and in sanctification, we, through Christ, may become righteous. Justification puts us into a right relationship with God, while sanctification exhibits the fruit of the relationship, the separated life unto more holy living. So essence-wise, I really like that from self-life to Christ-life. That that makes sense to me. But essence-wise, sanctification is the process in which God, through His Holy Spirit, changes us more and more into the reality of living a life of holiness and separation from the profane to the holy. Right. Okay, so we got that. Let's move on now <laughs> and talk about when exactly all of this begins in our lives, or as you referred to it, the inception. And how did you refer to it as uh, when it, ha- when when it, it ha- begins? When, when it, it begins. Yeah, uh, yeah th- th- that was much more understandable. <laughs> so when, when does this happen? Well, Hebrews 10, 1 Corinthians 6, teaches us that when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, we are, in one sense, immediately sanctified, cleansed by the blood of Christ. So every person who genuinely repents is born into the kingdom of God and has a new nature. No longer does the new believer feel comfortable in sin. Desires that were once shameful now move to holy. So there's a sense, uh, maybe we think it would be helpful to think of sanctification sort of in two ways, two prongs. One is positional, 
and one is process. Mm. So what I'm talking about right now, the inception is positional. You have been made sanctified, declared sanctified, immediately sanctified by the cleansing blood of Christ at salvation. So in that sense, every believer is sanctified. That is being sanctified positionally. Mm. But that's not all. So subsequent to our conversion... We often experience the struggle of the will, right? We want to be Christian, but we're fearful of climbing down off the throne of our own lives and allowing Christ to occupy the throne and have complete control. I think Paul said, um, you know, the things I don't want to do, I end up doing, and the things that uh, I want to do, I don't do. And then he he, uh, concludes with, oh, wretched man that I am who will save me from this law of sin Mm. and death. So there is that old nature, new nature battle that begins to take place. And there are times pretty much daily when I've got to choose, am I going to go Christ's way or am I going to go my way? So that there's the critical time when we must fully surrender our life to Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to take over. It might be helpful to think of this critical stage of sanctification in, in three phases. First, As a Christian, number one, I've got to recognize the presence of carnality in my own life, and I've got to make a conscious separation from it. And secondly, I have to fully surrender to Jesus. That I've got to recognize, look, I'm not running after God like I ought to. And in that moment, I then say, you know what? That's not what what uh, what Christ has called me to. Now I want to fully surrender to Him. And then when we fully surrender absolutely everything we are and have to Him, then comes the third stage, Christ fills us with the Holy Spirit. So let's understand, this is not receiving the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of conversion. This is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That means He is in control, and He gives us a holy anointing for service and for living this holy life. So a growing Christian life, a growing spiritual life, has with it an ever-increasing love and desire for God, which starts to become more and more evident. That's the process of sanctification. Mm. What I hear you saying is that sanctification can be thought of in two ways that kind of complement one another. There's a positional sanctification and experiential sanctification. Yeah. At our conversion, because of the cleansing power of the blood of Christ regarding our sins, we are sanctified by Him positionally. Correct. Then as we live out the life that we're called to, we experience His sanctifying power in us, drawing us closer and closer to God and giving us that ever-increasing desire to live a life of holiness. Yeah, I I wish I would have said it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to track with you. (laughs) Okay, so, so let's move on to a third and final part of today's podcast, the continuation of sanctification in our lives, because this isn't just something that occurs at salvation. That's right. And so let me introduce a word here. The word is reaffirmation or reaffirm. Reaffirmation is is crucial in the continuation of sanctification. What I mean by that is that every time a sinful desire or some sinful interest surfaces, we recommit ourselves to Christ. We reaffirm, hey, I'm no longer interested in that old life. That does not have the pull on me it once had. And I reaffirm that. And, that, and then self-denial starts to kick in here. And, and that self-denial and, and choosing again Christ, that brings death to sin 
And that leaves me with no regrets in my life. I've never regretted any time I've chosen Christ, right? Mm -hmm. I remember hearing a story one time of two Christian young ladies who turned down an invitation to, shall we say, a a place and time of questionable amusement. A party. Yeah, they were probably going somewhere with you. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) (laughs) But anyhow, they got invited to something, and they knew as Christians they shouldn't be going. And their response was, we can't come, we're dead. And, you know, there's that's great theology. We, we can't attend, we're dead. Um, the continuous practice of death to sin results in the forming of those habits. Now, so that we don't get confused here, this, this is not us doing this in our own strength. Well, if I just choose, if I just choose, if I just choose, because eventually we're not going to just choose, or we're going to choose the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It's reaffirming. It's recommitting all the time. No, Jesus, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing your way. And then it's the power of the Spirit and the infilling of the Spirit that uh, that that gives us the new desires, that gives us the new strength, that gives us the new powers to walk in holiness and walking in sanctification. So sanctification involves a moment-by-moment awareness of Jesus who's indwelling us and responding to that in the choices that we make every day. Daily. Well, before we wrap up today, it might be good to hear from some of the Scripture verses that we have to base this doctrine of sanctification on. Why don't we read a few of those now? Good idea. Okay. So let me start with this one. First Thessalonians 5.23. That's probably the key one, I think. One of the key verses on sanctification. And I think it's probably one that our our listeners will resonate with. They probably heard it from time to time. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's one of Paul's benedictions. And let me, I'll just remind us, Peter speaks uh, in 1 Peter 1, 2 of the sanctification of the Spirit. Paul speaks of the sanctification by the Spirit in 2 Thessalonians 2. And additionally, it's the Holy Spirit who produces in us the fruit of the Spirit. We read about that in Galatians 5. And those character traits, the fruits of the Spirit, are part of of greater and greater sanctification. Mm. Where does all of that come from? Love, joy, peace, you know, um, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. We're, we're not innately born w- with all of that. And so the sanctifying power of the Spirit brings those the, the fruit of the Spirit to evidence in our life. Peter also commands us in 1 Peter 3.15 to sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Hmm. Well, this is such a rich topic, and hopefully, Kitchen Table theologians, we have inspired you to, to dig deeper and do a deeper dive on your own into this doctrine. And as we close, how about summarizing for us today what we've talked about? I think you've done better at summarizing today, but let me give it a shot. So (laughs) sanctification means being set apart from sin to God for holy use. It's positional. So that begins at our new birth, and it is critical. We've got to recognize our need and choose to make a full, final, unconditional surrender to God. Then we must take for ourselves by faith the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And even in doing this, we're not looking for an experience. You know, we're just looking for Him alone. 
many years ago, I, I served in a denomination called the Christian and Missionary Alliance, and um, very, very proudly still have a number of friends in, in that uh, denomination. But uh, the founder was a man named A.B. Simpson, and he wrote a lot of hymns, and the, the joke in the Alliance was he, he was a great lyricist, but you can't you can't sing any of the hymns because the music mm. isn't that good. But he, he wrote some <laughs> lyrics about about what we've been talking about today. Jesus is our sanctifier, cleansing us from self and sin, and with all his spirit's fullness, filling all our hearts within. So sanctification is positional. Sanctification is also progressive as we become more like him, as we become more like him. We're, we're not yet delivered from the presence of sin, but we can be victorious over the power of sin by sanctification, and the Spirit-filled life. And I'm going to remember that that two twofold phrase, from the self-life to, to the, the Christ, Christ life. life. I like that. Well, Kitchen Table theologians, thanks so much for joining us today. As we wrap up today's podcast, let's remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that our time together today has helped you become a better kitchen table theologian. Our next podcast will be on the doctrine of glorification and all that means for you and I. We hope that you will join us. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) You certainly won't want to miss it. So see you next time right here on Kitchen Table Theology. See ya. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.